The following recording is from Parramatta Christian Church. We pray that this message inspires you in your walk with Christ. Well, good morning, church. Welcome to our preaching segment of this service. As you can see, I've got some friends with me again uh, as we explore our topic today. Uh, if you're a regular PCC member, you would know that we're continuing our series, uh, The God You're Looking For. And if you're joining us for the first time, we welcome you. Uh, and if you've been kind of dipping in uh, from time to time, we welcome you as well. And we hope that uh, this conversation today will really encourage and bless you. Uh, we've been, as a church, exploring this idea of who God is. Uh, and exploring the, uh, the God of the Bible and how God reveals himself and the attributes and the characteristics of God as we find it in the Bible. Uh, and we realize that often we can have a wrong uh, concept of God or misconceptions or, or wrong ideas about who God is. And so this series is designed to uh, give us a clearer understanding of who God is in the Bible. And hopefully as our series is entitled The God You're Looking For, that you will discover that the God of the Bible is actually the God that we're all looking for for. And if we really knew him and understood uh, correctly who he is, that we would find that he is really the true and living God who is worth worshipping and loving and giving our whole selves to. So we hope that uh, this conversation uh, will help you in that journey today. So today we're exploring this idea, the God who laughs and cries with you. The God who laughs and cries with you. And really our focus is looking at this idea that uh, the God of the Bible is a God who feels. Uh, and feels intensely and uh, and what that means for us and the implications of that for us. And I guess our anchor passage will be in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 and 16. So if you have your Bibles, uh, you can turn there um, and my, the scripture will be on the screen as well. Hebrews 4, 15 to 16. And it's just a couple of verses that uh, will hopefully get us thinking on this topic. And it says this, For we do not have a high priest, speaking of Jesus, who is unable to empathize. And there's that feeling word, unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we can receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Mm -hmm. Let me pray and we'll um, jump in. Father, we thank you that you are a true and living God and the only true and living God. And we thank you that you've revealed yourself and made yourself known to us through your word and ultimately through your son, Jesus. And we pray that as we have this conversation today, that you will give us a revelation uh, for some for the first time, for others, Lord, a deeper revelation of who you really are, mm -hmm. that we might love you more dearly and follow you more passionately and that we would surrender ourselves to you as the God who feels and the God who understands and the God who laughs and cries with us. Mm -hmm. And so we pray that you'll help us, help uh, Jeff and Sarah and myself to communicate these truths faithfully and mm -hmm. give us ears and hearts to hear and receive what you have for us this morning. In Jesus' name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Oh, what a great topic to kick us off yes, with. Yes, I'm I think, keen. Yeah, I think I've laughed and cried most this year, like in never in the last <laughs> few years. Yep. So this is a great place to start. Um, I think why would we talk about God's feelings? Like why do you think this is such a good place to start? Mm. Why do we want to talk about God's yeah, feelings? Yeah, I think it's, yeah, the year that we've all had, I think we all have a lot of range of emotions <laughs> yes. that we've all experienced. And so I think it's fitting because um, it kind of gives us, uh, I guess, 
um, language. language to why we feel this way mm. and like mm. I guess uh, yeah the series that we're going through the God you're looking for yeah. <laughs> we can kind of attribute and not just kind of distance these emotions mm. from God yeah. um, yeah, because I think historically it's been that way I guess as yeah, Christians yeah. as well we um, we remove those emotions mm. from God yeah. and think God is just far superior is far distant removed. <laughs> removed. Yeah, very yeah, serious yeah. sort of sitting yeah. up in the clouds not really engaging with us yep. and yet there's that stoic idea yes. of God that he's just like blokes you know <laughs> nothing phases him nothing affects him yeah. uh, in, in fact it's kind of a, a theological idea that uh, is encouched even in the Westminster Confession that says God is uh, without passions or the technical term is impassibility um, and you see that in some world religions you see that in deism where this idea that God is like the master clockworker who sets the world in motion but doesn't step in he's not involved he's not engaged um, so yeah the, there's this idea that God can be distant and removed. But I, yeah, I think. But I guess it's because I guess sometimes we want to think God is um, in control of everything and never changes. Yes, isn't it? Yeah. I guess that's why we have those those ideas. Yeah, yeah. Because emotion means he's changeable in that sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but the danger is the opposite extreme of in some other world religions, like in paganism, where the idea is that you never know how God is feeling today. You know, you wake up in the morning and you go, yeah. "Is God happy with me today? Is God mad have at me?" Have I done today? enough today? To please yeah, him, um, you know, which is the idea that yeah. God is kind of out of control, yes. you know, that you can't trust him. Uh, he's capricious, he's mean, he's grumpy, you know, you, you don't know what you're going to get. So there's confusion around, well, you know, how do I relate to God? Um, and I think for us as humans, like you were saying, Jeff, if we have a wrong concept about how God feels, then yeah. that can lead us to think about our feelings differently as well. Sure. Yeah. You know, like in particularly this moment, we might feel embarrassed that we're struggling yeah. with, or with depression or we might feel embarrassed that you know we're supposed to be spiritual and f- mighty warriors of faith and we're not doing so good and we think yeah. if God's not feeling then he's not happy with us feeling those things either or I think sometimes we sense that God expects us to have the right emotional response to this whole year or how we're feeling and managing things and yeah that's the wrong view of God because he doesn't expect us to do anything other than to love him and worship him and Mm. serve him which we'll get to later Um, but yeah so how do we understand this concept of God having feelings Mm. um, yeah where do we get that idea from in scripture or Mm. Well, I mean, I think just if, if we have a, a, a theology that God created everything and God yeah. created us and we have emotions, then we must mm. come to the conclusion that God created us with feelings. And Genesis tells us yes. that he created us in his image. Yep. And I think one of the ways we bear his image is in our emotions and in our feelings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but again, we need to, I guess, <clears throat> think that through more because in one sense, God is a spirit and people might be going, hang on, if God's a spirit, how can he feel? Yeah. But that's to misunderstand being a spirit and taking away personhood from spirit you know just because he's a spirit doesn't mean he's not a person that he doesn't have identity and will and emotions and character and all of those kinds of things even in creation he already um, established some feelings after he made every day he Mm, said that it was good and when it came to us we were very good so i think the idea of him feeling and having an expressive um emotion to Mm. his creation is from the very start so i think that's a a good Mm. place to start i think it's also important to remember that 
that um, we probably bring our human ideas and emotions to describing God and we probably can never really do that. Yeah. Yeah. I think we we sometimes feel our these emotions that we feel are just human feelings Mm. because of our brokenness. Yes. Um, And so we attribute to anger or, you Mm -hmm. know, um, heartache or, you know, these things, pain to sin. Yeah. Um, but God does feel those things, but mm. he doesn't sin. Differently. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So I think we need to be careful when we're talking yeah. about God's feelings. Because again, in our humanity, we want yes. to extend how we feel and how yeah. we respond to our feelings to the way God feels and yeah. God responds to our feelings. Mm. So I think we need to be clear that we're saying that mm. God doesn't feel sinful feelings. Mm. Yeah. You know, so he doesn't feel lust mm. or greed or yeah. selfishness. He doesn't feel those things because they're against the very character of God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the other thing we need to say that is that God never feels things sinfully. So even though the Bible uses a lot of feeling language to describe God, like he is angry and wrathful and he's jealous, which are all emotion words, yeah. but we need to be careful that we think, oh, God feels those things the way I feel those things. Yeah, yeah. But God is never out of control yeah. in his feelings. He, he, he's, his feelings don't affect him that way in the sense that he loses control. And the Bible shows that God always acts in consistency with his character and his nature and doesn't give vent to his feelings. It's not that God just gets up one day and he's having a grumpy day (laughs) and he's just mad at everyone. He's just going to hit everyone with lightning bolts. Like with the flood. The flood didn't just come out of an impulsive feeling to destroy the world. Yeah, God is not impulsive. That's a a good word. Yeah. Um, So I think that's important for us to kind of hold to as well. And I think one of the most Mm. richest um, pictures we get of God feeling is Jesus' incarnation. Yeah. 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 Have you guys thought much about how God feels in the light of Jesus. Mm, yeah, I think the the when he's in the temple is one of the I guess clearest pictures of showing Jesus in rage and anger and um, disappointment and mm. that that picture of him going through the temple and getting the whip out, clearing out all the the, um, the businesses and the money and just how that that aggressive mm. that picture may have been and yet. Jesus was still in control. He was intentional. He knew what he was doing. Mm. It wasn't impulsive. It wasn't a a last-minute thought or action. It wasn't out of control. Out of control, no. That's what we would do. Um, And yet that was such a righteous moment Mm. because he was really showing, like, the sinful nature of what was happening Mm. in the place of worship. Um, So, yeah, I think if we had a wrong idea of Jesus, we would see that the wrong way. Yep. Yeah, one that stands out for me is, I guess, in the garden of mm. Gethsemane, um, when mm. he's praying to the Father, and it seems like he has uh, an emotion of uncertainty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and oh, my soul is yeah. deeply distressed. Distressed, you know? yeah, and just distressed, and just kind of like, what's going on? Why am I going through this? And just thinking that he's not in control. Yeah. But I think when we um, realize that, um, I guess. Him being, he is fully God, <laughs> and he is yeah, fully human, wow. but um, he is, um, I guess, in some, one way I've read, it's kind of voluntarily kind mm. of wanting to Entering show these that. emotions so that he can relate to us. Mm. Um, but yeah, that, I think that that gives it perspective in the way that God kind of shows His emotions mm. Um, mm. to us. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean that, that's the remarkable thing yeah. about the incarnation. Like we, we yeah. uh, the passage that we started from in Hebrews, yeah. where it says Jesus experienced the fullness of humanity, yeah. and He understands. Yeah. You know, and in in Jesus, God experienced yeah. emotions that we wouldn't normally associate with God. Right? Weakness, wow. yeah. mm. tiredness, mm. Uh, hunger, thirst, yeah. death. Yeah. 
you know, separation, loneliness. Rejection. Yeah, well, you know, God in the Old Testament experienced that as well. These children of Israel rejecting and betraying him all the time. But, you know, other emotions like temptation, like Jesus experienced temptation, which is not something you think that God would ever experience. And yet Jesus in incarnation, God experienced those things, uh, which is what what is profound uh, that we can say about God, the God of the Bible, the God who feels, the God who laughs and cries because we see Jesus demonstrating the fullness of this God mm. in flesh walking among us and we'll talk more about you know mm, the specific yeah. emotions but it's such a rich picture of our God yeah. in Jesus yeah, yeah. I think um, you know we, re- we remember that God is not subject to anything <laughs> yep. you know like he's in control and he's also like over everything yes but he still um, a God who's a man of sorrows <laughs> like, yeah. he, he he's feels hurt and um, yeah, that, that's just mind-boggling. It is. Yeah, you know, like many things we've come across in this series, you know, we, we can have greater understanding and we can explore and learn and see what the Bible has to say. But at some point we go, like David did in Psalm 139 that we've looked at the last two weeks, this knowledge is too wonderful for me, you know, like, and it reminds us how finite... Uh, we are in uh, trying to understand the omnipotent, omniscient God who is above and beyond everything and yet feels very real and powerful emotions. Yeah, it is a bit of a mystery there. That's yeah. mystery, yeah. I was just to say that. Yeah, yeah, good. So then what feelings does God have? What do we see in Scripture that mm. is really expressive of his emotions and his feelings? Well, you know, let me ask you guys, what is the first <laughs> feeling that comes to mind when you think of God? God is love. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and yeah. if you ask someone out there yeah. in the market, in the, in the streets, mm. who's not a Christian, definitely, that's the first one. They'll say, God is All love. All about love. All yeah. love. And, and look, 1 John 4, yep. John says yeah. that, right? That yeah. God is, is love. Love. Yeah. love characterizes him so much that he can just yes. say, God is love, you know, which is profound. And John 3, 16, the b- yeah. one Bible <laughs> verse that everybody every seems to every know. Every kid learns first. That's right. For God so loved the world, yeah. you know. So, yeah. so we once spent a lot of time yeah. exploring that because it's like, yeah, we, we kind of intrinsically know that to be yeah. true and we expect God yeah. to yeah. be that so we're going to explore some of the other things that maybe you know we, we, we might find helpful this this morning one of the things that I love is that God is a God that loves to have fun you know he yeah. rejoices he's a God that yeah. is joyful and delights because sometimes I think as Christians we feel guilty when we have a good time especially <laughs> yeah. when we're having a good time not at church yeah. you know when we're having a good time with yeah. friends or yeah. we're having a great dinner or we're out playing sport and we're having such a great time and we haven't prayed and it hasn't been anything spiritual and we go this, this feels wrong this feels like I shouldn't be doing this but yet we see God is a God who delights and yeah. rejoices and yeah, yeah I think it sometimes it's also in church it can feel like it's fabricated <laughs> kind of like you know oh let's just you know men's event together let's come together it just feels you know kind of put together but like um god does feel those emotions mm-hmm. <laughs> and i think it's it's important for us to um still allow us <laughs> to be able to feel those ways and um you know enjoy his creation yeah. enjoy the th- activities that we can do together um just even like a wedding yes <laughs> you know um we we yeah, think it's, it's a celebration it's yeah. a celebration yeah. and um just the way jesus responded and um mm. was in the wedding in canaan yeah um, yeah you know, he, he's uh, in the party he's constantly eating and he's contributing to the party he's yeah. like saying hey let's yeah. get some good wine here and yeah. make this a better celebration exactly. yeah. and yeah. calling in people to join that to celebration join the feast. to feast with him to yeah. be 
around his presence. And the whole gospel image yeah. of the heavenly kingdom being the marriage supper of yeah. the Lamb. It's a party. Yeah. It's like yeah. this massive <laughs> celebration yeah. of God just rejoicing over his people. And like you mentioned, yes. even with creation, he's yes. sitting back and he's going, hey, I did good. Like, yeah. This is good. Yeah. You know, like, yep. and delighting in that, delighting in yeah. good work. And my, celebrating the good work yes. as well, I think, is what part of God's character. Yes. He acknowledges when something Creativity very good. and it's good yeah. and yeah. absolutely. And one of my favorite passages is Zephaniah 317 mm. on this. It says, the Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. Mm. And this morning, you know, I want to say that maybe that's a word for someone. He will take great delight in you. No matter what you've been through, no matter how you're feeling right now, this is for you. He delights in you. In his love, mm. he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. Yeah, rejoice over cool. you with singing. Uh, one illustration I read was, you know, how sometimes when you go to a musical or you're watching a musical, you just feel when a song's about oh, to yes. break out, you know, you just kind of get this billion. Yeah. It's, it's, somebody's going to break out into yeah. song. It's kind of like that when you read this passage that God just is so excited and so yeah. delighting in his people that he just breaks out in song. I mean, it just that, that whole concept oh, wow. of God singing over yeah. us in delight and joy, yeah. it just blows my mind. And I think the Psalms are a great place yes. for that. You know, when you read those Psalms where David's just come out of a really rough time and we'll get to that in a moment but yeah like the Psalms come out with rejoicing and God wants his people to rejoice in every situation if it's if you've been grieving if you've been angry if there's been pain like there's pictures time and time and again of Jesus saying come to me be refreshed sit in my presence have the fullness of joy, joy. and where the spirit of the Lord yes, is freedom amen. and joy That's and it. good yeah. things. And God delights in good work. Yes. He delights in celebrations. Yeah. You know, he delights when his people honor him and obey yeah. him and when they trust him, when it's really hard, yeah. you know, and when life is difficult, right? Yeah. Like right now, God delights in that. He delights in our worship and yeah. when we acknowledge him That's as good. God, he, he delights in those things. Yeah. yeah. Right. So then the alternate picture to yeah. this delight and joy and celebration and praise is, is this God who is grieved because we are broken, sinful people. Mm. Uh, There is that sense too that God uh, aches when Mm. when he's rejected, when his people don't follow and don't listen to him. Um, So, yeah, what picture do you get of of the God who is grieving or in pain? Yeah, I think as Hillary said before, like uh, he grieves when we rebel against him. Mm. And I think he's in the God of the Old Testament (laughs) as well as in in the New. Like he's experienced it throughout the whole story. And I think that's that's important for us to realize because um, he's a God who it shows his love. Yeah, exactly. You know? It kind of highlights more of his love yeah. that he grieves. If he didn't feel that, it's yeah. like, does he love us? Yeah, yeah, it's like why why are you yeah. why are you rebuking us so many times? Why you know because his grieving is just kind of. Um, a way, at, probably an outlet, maybe <laughs> just yeah. a way to just kind of show us, come on, and not to f- make us feel guilty, I no. guess. Yeah. No, no, no. To bring like, us to Himself. Yeah, yeah. to bring us closer to Him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ephesians four, you know, Paul says mm. that you know God is grieved when we behave sinfully. Mm. You know, and I, the, one of the beauty, most beautiful pictures of Jesus is in John eleven thirty three mm. to thirty six when He's weeping at the effects of the brokenness yes. in our world and through death, yeah. through suffering. You know, so many times in the Bible, mm. in the Gospels, we're told that. Jesus 
Jesus was indignant when he saw yeah. people possessed by evil spirits or when they were sick or when Satan had bound them. He was just yeah. troubled deeply in his spirit to yeah. see the effects of sin and the brokenness and fall. I mean, uh, look at this passage in John 11, 33 to 36. It says, when Jesus saw her weeping and the, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply Deep. moved in spirit and troubled. It's that, that ache yeah. in his heart. And, you know, he, Jesus asked, where have you laid him? He asked, come and see, Lord, they replied. And then that, again, famous verse that everybody shortest knows. Verse in the Bible. <laughs> one of the shortest verses, two words, Jesus wept. wept. And then the Jews said, see how he loved him. And that's what you were saying, yeah, Jeff, yeah. that God's grief is a, an outworking or an expression of his, his deep love. love. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when he yeah. sees the creatures he's created, the people he's mm. made and the creation he's made being violated and, mm. and broken and twisted and hurt and damaged, it breaks his heart. Mm. Yeah. You know, which is, which is good for us to know that in our pain mm. and our sickness and our tragedies and our loss, God grieves with us. He grieves with yeah. you. He, he, he cries in you know, tears just as you do when he sees the brokenness in our world and in your life. And that's such a comfort and an encouragement to us. Yeah, that is comforting to know that, that God is there in those moments mm. as well. He's in the moments of celebration, but he's there in our, in our loneliness, in mm. our pain, in our deep hurts. And I think that example of Jesus weeping as well should mm. cause us to feel the same way. Like we should weep at things that mm. weep that made Jesus weep. And mm. we should ache when we see injustices and um, we should be moved in that same way. Yeah. yeah. Well, that leads yeah. us to talking about the next emotion, which is probably not the popular one and probably one of the hardest ones yeah. for us to get our heads around. And that's the idea of God being angry, you know, that God does anger, that God does wrath mm-hmm. uh, and trying to hold that intention with the God who loves. You know, we sometimes find that an irreconcilable tension, but the Bible never does. And as, you know, Jeff already mentioned, the Bible talks about God's anger and wrath as being an outworking of his love. Mm-hmm. Just like uh, I think, Sarah, you mentioned about Jesus in the temple. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like people don't want to read that passage because when they think about Jesus, they don't think of Jesus you know, making a whip and driving people out. But as you mentioned, it, it's the injustice of it, yeah. the oppression, uh, the unfairness. Um, and when you think about God's anger uh, against things like that, most of us, we go, yeah, yeah. you know, good on them. Good on you, God. Get them, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. How do you think people react to, to that idea of God's anger? Why do you think people find that so difficult? I think because we want the Jesus is my best friend and we want the nice picture of God. We want the God of comfort and fun um, and we can't reconcile him being angry. Like sort of like a, the good and bad parent. We want the yeah. nice parent, but we don't want the parent that disciplines us. And yep. yet we need both because that's an expression of love. Mm. What would you say? Yeah. I th- yeah. All agree. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I want to yeah. yeah, pick up on what you were saying before, Jeff, you know, that, you know, like if God didn't act in righteousness and in anger, then he wouldn't really be loving. Now, this is where it gets interesting because a lot of people in the church and even outside the church are happy for God to be mad at them, you know, like at other people. So in the Bible, you know, we see God saying uh, about Jesus in Matthew 18, 6 to 7, that it's better for someone who stumbles a little one to have a millstone, you know, tied around their neck and thrown in the ocean. And we'd be reading that going, yeah, that, that's absolutely good and right because if anyone hurts a child or anyone hurts a a weak and vulnerable person, they ought to get the full measure of God's anger and judgment. You know, and then Matthew 23, where Jesus goes to task with the Pharisees, yeah. the religious hypocrites. 
States, and we're going, yeah, absolutely. They yeah, des- tell them off. Yeah, yeah, they deserved it, right? Yeah. I think the problem we have is when we think that God might be angry with us. Yeah. That's when it kind of yeah. gets, that's when it gets real. Yeah. <laughs> well, when he calls out the re- religious leaders, yeah. we think, yeah, good on them for that. Yeah. But we often, we're not that. We're that. <laughs> yeah, we, right. we are the religious leaders. Yeah. We are the Pharisees, but we don't want to reflect that onto us. So there's that two extremes of God, removing God um, from, he's never angry, but then putting him to just always being angry. Yeah. So which one is it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, when it gets personal, it does get hard, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> when it starts attacking yourself. And we see that around in our world, I guess, mm. you know, the people who are for the unjust things in the world. Mm. It's always, oh, the government's the issue or something else. Another group is the issue. Another, you know, and so we see that around and it's never our fault. No. Um, yeah. But I think it's important to know that, that in scripture we read that Jesus is slow to mm. anger and that he's, he's slow, his compassion comes yes, first yes. before his wrath and before his anger. Yes. Just when he stopped to see the, the old lady who was bleeding for many yeah. years, he was on his way somewhere else and yet he stopped because of his compassion. Yep. And I think that is a really humbling picture of who Jesus is mm. um, he's yeah he he's slow to that yeah I think that's so true we only see sometimes the end yeah, point, the end point. Yeah. Yeah. of God's wrath and judgment mm. coming on his people Israel on yeah. you know on people and we don't realize how long God has been long suffering and patient yes. and wooing and yes. calling I think we get glimpses of that in the Old Testament when God says you know uh, Jesus said I sent my prophets to you over and yeah. over and over and over again calling you back to myself yeah. but you would not listen yeah. you know so I think God's long suffering and his patience and his slowness to anger is good news and hope for those who are seeking forgiveness. But I think the opposite truth that we also need to hold on to is that God's anger will come. His wrath will come. You know, one of the scary passages in the Bible is 2 Peter chapter 3 verses 3 to 10. And I encourage you to read that where Peter talks about God's patience and he's encouraging Christians who are suffering and and, and kind of going, "How, how long, Lord? You know, the opposite kind of going, God, you've just been patient and patient are you ever going to make things right in the world and peter says yeah that day is coming which is good news and hope for those who want righteousness yes who want god to fix what's broken in our world to right every wrong to hold accountable people who've abused the innocent and you know brought injustice and oppression and to give us a better world otherwise what's the point what's the point well it just made me think of jonah jonah knew that god's grace and mercy was going to be poured out on a people that he didn't think deserved it and yet God God does God does yeah Yeah. wow I think yeah that that the idea that God's slow to anger Mm. but he's also it's also coming it's going to be revealed it is certain I think it's both gives us hope comfort (laughs) and hope yeah Yeah. because it gives us time like we know that we we always fall (laughs) and we're always we're broken people and he's giving us time but he's giving us time (laughs) I think that's that's the important thing right now is the moment of grace yeah. And forgiveness, but and there's that urgency kind yes. of like judgments coming. It's true, it's, yeah. yeah. And I think you know, like as we come to the Bible, and if you're watching this and you're not yet a follower of Jesus, we we lovingly want to encourage you to really consider that because according to the the scriptures, the thing that God is most upset about is the people who reject Jesus. Um, and I want to read you a passage in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 26 to 31, which is disturbing and alarming uh, at the same time, and yet so full of hope. Uh, This is what it says. If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth or the knowledge of Jesus, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. This is scary. 
Anyone who rejected the law of Moses died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much more severely do you think someone deserves to be punished who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, who has treated as unholy as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctifies them, and who has insulted the Spirit of grace? For we know him who said, It is mine to avenge, I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. And listen to this verse. It is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. The, the one thing that God is most grieved by, most angered by, is those who reject Jesus' offer of salvation and forgiveness who will continually turn their back on God and in, in effect are spitting in his face in the midst of his loving grace being extended to them. And that's the bad news. But the good news is that because Jesus came, he absorbed the fullness of God's wrath on himself. He took upon himself our brokenness, our sin, our rebellion. And so he can offer us God's grace, forgiveness, and pardon. And that's why God says, I've done everything to bring you to myself. But if if you continue to reject and refuse and and deny this offer, then you will get what you deserve. You will get what you want, which is not to be accepted, not to be loved, not to know me. Yeah. And that's a very fearful and scary thing. I love thing. that. That's that's the gospel in a you know in a nutshell. And it it's God being angry and wrathful. It's part of. We always see the gospel as just the <laughs> the fluffy stuff. Yeah. But like. For the full gospel to be realized, yeah. mm. that's what the kind of emotion we need. We to need see. to embrace because embrace. without that, yeah. grace means nothing. Like, yeah. what does God's mercy look like if there's nothing to be merciful for? If yeah. if there's no wrath to to turn away, then how is Jesus' sacrifice meaningful? Yeah. You know, what, what does it matter if God is not angry or is going to hold me accountable? Then Jesus really died for nothing. Yeah. It, it devalues and undervalues the significance of the love of God and the sacrifice of Jesus if we don't also acknowledge yeah. the, the scary part about God's wrath. That's it. So in light of, of this and acknowledging that God has these feelings, that he is an expressive God who has shown so much love for us, yet in his anger he has um, given us so much grace and mercy, how are we to live mm. out this? How do we go out tomorrow in our day, in your week? How do we do this? How, do, how does it impact our decisions, our mm. relationships, our choices that we make? Um, how do we live this out then? Mm. Oh, what do you think? What are your <laughs> thoughts? <laughs> what are your thoughts? <laughs> I think knowing and, and having confidence that God first of all loves us yes. and that he is a God of grace and mercy. Um, I think when when we respond to God with, with thankfulness mm. um, and we um, come to him with in repentance and mm. um, we accept his forgiveness, I think that's a really great place to start because yeah. then we extend that to other people. We yeah. extend that to um, in our marriages, yeah, to yeah. our kids, to our workplaces. Um, I think we can extend that same expressive emotions mm. to those around yeah. us. It It'll definitely shape the way we interact with other mm. people in the world yeah, yeah. who needs Christ. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and it gives it kind of, yeah, the language we need and the, the actions that we need to show mm. as well. Yeah. And it also right. means that when we see others who 
like you said earlier, um, it's okay to feel mad. It's mm. okay to have that emotion and give language to it, acknowledge it. Mm. Um, as believers, we want to encourage people to bring those emotions to God yeah. and place them before him, hold mm. it up against scripture and what scripture telling us about how you're feeling. Mm. Yeah, and I think like, you know, psychologists and counsellors and, mm. you know, mentors will tell you that it's one thing to be led by your feelings. Mm. You know, I think sometimes we just react to our feelings. Yeah. We don't take time to kind of assess what's really going on, what our feelings are telling us, and we just react, and other people feel the brunt of that, mm. often our anger or our mm. hurt. We act out of those. Mm. And kind of slowing that process down and, and kind of going, okay, God's given me these feelings. They're real, they're legitimate, they're valid, but they're not to be used sinfully. You know, the Bible says be angry but don't sin. Yeah. So instead of letting our feelings lead us, we should learn from our feelings. Yeah. We should kind of sit with them and ask ourselves some questions. Why am I feeling this? What's provoked this? You know, what is God wanting to show me from these things I'm feeling? And then once we've understood that, then act out of our best selves. You know, like mm-hmm. the Bible talks about renewing your mind, acting out of a, yeah. a gospel transformed mind yeah. rather than flesh corrupted, sin corrupted emotions. Yeah. I think there's a there's a difference yeah. there, which is more how God acts with yeah. us. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. allowing the Spirit to lead us to to act right. Yeah, to be spirit led yeah, rather spirit-led. than emotion led. Yeah, Absolutely, yeah, no, but not good. suppressing our emotions or yeah. feeling ashamed of them or mm-hmm. denying them because yeah. they are legitimate and valid. And I think as Christians in the church, sometimes we want to yeah. put down some of those yeah. emotions. So I think Especially the yeah. negative ones yes, because we're kind of yeah. going, if, if I'm faith-filled yeah. and praying, yeah. I shouldn't be feeling these things. I shouldn't yeah. be feeling depressed yeah. or sad or lonely or afraid or anxious. And I think that, that that's a dangerous place to go to because mm. we're denying real things that are happening in our hearts. Or as Pentecostals, oh, you're always so happy. Like, <laughs> don't you feel anger or, right, or you know, like, but it's don't both. Don't you feel yeah. negative? Nah, <laughs> Jesus, I'm just powering happy thoughts, thoughts, happy thoughts. Happy thoughts. <laughs> yeah, it's both. Yeah. yeah. And I think one of the other powerful applications of, of this conversation is that we move God's heart. We can move God's yeah. heart in a, in a very real way that we can move him to delight and we can move him to, to grief. You know, like mm. breaking God's commandments is not just disobeying a rule. It's actually breaking someone's heart. Yeah. You know, and I think thinking about sin that way is not mm. breaking rules, but yeah. breaking a, a relationship, you know, yeah. a person's heart and yeah. grieving them. Uh, I think that's profound. And also when we do, when we do the right thing, when we honor God, when we seek to present him well to the world because we're acting like him, God delights in that and he yeah. celebrates that. He rejoices and they go, yeah, that, that's my kid, you know. Yeah. Like Jesus said, be merciful because your heavenly father is merciful. And when he sees us acting that way, it's like, that's my son. That's yeah. my, and we can do that. And that's profound to think that our words, our thoughts, our actions, our prayers, mm. you know, our, our devotion, our relationship all move the heart of yeah. God. Yeah, what, yeah. what an incredible privilege that we have. What a picture of the church. When the church does it that way and the world sees that, yeah. they're seeing the heart of God. Yeah. Like that's a really beautiful picture. Mm. Yeah. And, and I think the, the other thing to think about is reflecting that heart to those around us. Like you were saying, Sarah, you know, like Paul says in Corinthians, to grieve with those who are grieving, to, to again, not make trite of that and to not be dismissive of that, but to enter into that and grieve with those who are grieving and rejoice with those who are rejoicing, to, to live expressively and fully in our lives and to reflect God's emotion and God's richness to the world around us, to, you know, not be afraid of tenderness, particularly for guys, you know, to kind of go, oh, that's not, that I'm, I'm strong, I'm stoic. But when the God of the universe is gentle and compassionate, 
compassionate and tender, which is one of the emotions that we, we didn't talk about, but is there in the Bible that God is tender. You know, the Bible says that he's like a mother hen that <laughs> wants to come around his chicks and, yeah. and protect and care. And that compassion and that gentle aspect of God that as men particularly, we don't need to be embarrassed of that or afraid of that. And we rob our wives and we rob our kids if we don't express that part of God's heart as well. Because our kids grow up thinking that God isn't gentle or tender because our dad isn't that way. Mm. You know, that we can reflect the fullness of God's heart to those around us. Yeah, that relationship with God really um, affects the way we relate in the, in in, in, marriage in, in a marriage and yeah. in, in church and in, in every sphere yeah. <laughs> in, at workplace and everything and so I think yeah that's that's really finding the right picture and acknowledging the the, the true mm. biblical picture of who God is influences mm. our everyday actions and choices and mm. um, yeah that's why I think this topic is so important yeah. so fundamental yeah. yeah and that you said that it affects God's heart and it mm. it can stir His heart like mm. that that's a that's a big thing that's, like that's huge, it's, a bit, it? it's a bit hard to kind of comprehend. Yes. But like, um, but it's also very um, um, encouraging and very mm. comforting to know that um, he delights in you, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that he's emo- yeah, and that and he grieves with you, and he grieves with you, and, you know? with you. Yeah. and what are the emotions that you are feeling? He feels yeah. the same because we're made in his image. Yeah. <laughs> they're all from him. Yeah, yeah and, and you know, like we've talked so far that God knows everything and that God is always with us. And now we're taking that next step further that God is, he doesn't just know and he's not just there, but he feels, you know, those broken things that you feel. He's, he's there and he, he feels that grief and that pain and that loss with you and for you. It's just so encouraging and, and refreshing um, to, to know that. Any concluding thoughts as we kind of wrap up? <laughs> uh, I'm just really grateful and thankful that God places these things in our, in our hearts, that he, his word, um, yes, just reveals more of him and we get to sit more with, with him and and in everything that we experience and go through, mm. that God is is there with you. Uh, he knows your heart. He knows your thoughts. Mm. And if you're led by his spirit and if you allow him um, to walk alongside mm. you in, in your journey of faith and mm. coming closer to him, he's there. He's there with you. That's mm. really comforting. I think also that there's no need to hide um, whether we're, you know, our, mm. um, introvert or extroverts or we're, yeah, we we're just kind of happy. Are, yeah, we, it allows to us be. to be who we are and yeah. um, to express those um, confidently, mm. <laughs> um, but knowing that God um, fills those way as well mm. um, without sin, yeah. <laughs> perfectly. Perfectly, righteously, yeah. And, um, but we, it allows us to be able to fill those ways. Mm. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, Just a couple of concluding thoughts from me. If you're watching and you're not yet a Christian and you've been kind of checking out Christianity and you found your way to this service, we encourage you to explore the God of the Bible, the true and living God who has expressed himself in Jesus. Uh, In the passage that we began, you know, it it talks about Jesus being able to empathize with us as a high priest. And Jesus came to restore us back to the God of the Bible, to the Father. And because of his sacrifice, he has taken on himself the wrath of God for your sin, for my sin, and you can experience God's favor and love and forgiveness. And we encourage you, take that next step. Invite God right now to come into your heart and to your life and ask for his forgiveness and and receive his love. Right now in your lounge room, you can do that. And we would love to talk with you and give you some literature that might help you on your journey. So please reach out to us, make contact with us through our website, and and we'd love to uh, yeah continue the conversation uh, with you if you're exploring. 
adoring Jesus. And for those of us who are Christians, I just want to finish with reading uh, another beautiful passage from Isaiah 42.3. And it says this, A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness he will bring forth justice. And I want to just leave you with that final thought. Whatever you're going through, whatever you're struggling with, if you're feeling battered and bruised, if you're feeling like you're just hanging on in, during this time by a thread, if you're feeling you know, just really down and, and feeling like, yeah, like a bruised reed and a smoldering wick, the Bible says that God will come in His gentleness and He will minister to you in His love and His compassion and His kindness and His strength. And I invite you in this moment as we just conclude in prayer that you just still your heart and just allow the presence and the, and the grace and the comfort and the peace of God to come and minister to you in those broken places. Will you join us as we pray? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for who you are. We thank you, Lord, because you are not only a great and awesome and holy and righteous God, but you're also a God who loves us, who is gentle, who draws near to us, who is compassionate and slow to anger. Lord, you are wrathful and you are holy in your judgment, but Lord, you also extend your mercy through your son, Jesus. And Lord, I pray for those who don't know you, that Lord, in this message, that they would have been challenged yes, about uh, their sin and, and your wrath and your judgment that will one day fall on all humanity that continues in rebellion and rejection, but also that they would have been encouraged and, Lord, uh, uh, hear your invitation for them to come to you in repentance and faith, in trusting Jesus to receive pardon and restoration and reconciliation. And, Lord, I pray for all of us, uh, wherever we're at in our journey, for those of us who've maybe suppressed our feelings because we feel ashamed or guilty or, or whatever, Father, that today that we would be encouraged to live more expressive lives, to live fully because you've created us to reflect your heart, to delight, to grieve, to be angry at injustice and violence and corruption and oppression, and Lord, to, to be tender and gentle, Lord, that we would be expressive to those around us, that we would not be led by our feelings, but Lord, that we would learn from our feelings and express them in godly ways. And Lord, for those of us who are struggling because we feel crippled by our emotions. We feel disempowered. We feel lost and alienated and broken because of what we're experiencing, because of the pain that we're going through, the loneliness and anxiety that we're feeling. That, Lord, we would be encouraged this morning that you're a God who knows and empathizes and understands and you draw near to us to minister your grace, to minister your love. And, Lord, in this moment that you would minister that to your people. And so, Lord, we commit ourselves to you. We ask for your blessing to be upon us as we go into this new week, that we would live fully and live well and reflect you in your fullness and in your emotional richness into our world, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Parramatta Christian Church podcast. To hear other sermons or to find out more about our church, please visit our website at pcc.org.au.